Thanks for joining us for the special Mideast Prophecy Edition of In Spirit and Truth with Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. shares the Mideast Prophecy Update from an Arab perspective as he connects the dots of current events geopolitically with last day's prophecies biblically. It is our belief that the next event on God's prophetic clock is the rapture of the Church of Jesus Christ. It is our hope that these Bible prophecy updates will not only ready you and steady you for His return, but that they will also encourage you to share the gospel with others in order that the rapture will not be as a thief in the night. You've heard the saying, you can catch more flies with honey, right? That seems to be the point that Pastor J.D. is making today. It's easy to get caught up in the moment and let emotions take over, but it almost always backfires. The next time you feel that emotion creeping in, take a breath and try not to let it come out. Now, don't forget to stay with us after today's Prophecy Update to learn how you can become a Facebook friend or watch the weekly Prophecy Update at jdfarag.org. Now, here's Pastor J.D. with today's Prophecy Update as shared on November 26th, 2023. Number one, I'll go through these quickly because we've covered these in-depth in prior updates over the years, but this one is hot right now for what I think would be deemed obvious reasons. It's the prophecy about an invasion into Israel from the north by an alliance of nations prophesied in Ezekiel 38. And the purpose of this prophecy points us to the person of Jesus Christ. How do you get there? Because Israel is ground zero for Bible prophecy. Everything goes down in Israel that happens to Israel and with Israel, especially when it comes to the fulfillment of Bible prophecy. We'll talk about that in a moment. We've got a lot of things we're going to talk about in a moment. Well, just hang on. Number two, and this one is, I mean, they're all biggies, but if I'm going to spend some time on one of them, it's probably this one that I should spend that time on. You're familiar with this account, particularly in Matthew 24, when the disciples come to Jesus and ask Him, what are going to be the signs of your return and the end of the age? It's really, if you look at it, it's a threefold question. But the basis for the question is, what are going to be the signs? So Jesus answers, and you know His answer, right? Interesting, the first sign that He says will point to how soon I'm coming will be deception. Let no man deceive you. False Christ saying, there he is over there, there he is over there. Deception, number one. And then he goes on to grocery list, as it were, that nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There's going to be famine, pestilence, plagues, earthquakes in various diverse places, and then he likens them to birth pains which come in greater frequency and greater intensity. And those are the signs. And not only does he give them the signs that point to his return, he also includes with those signs how soon he'll return. Because 
they're going to increase. There will be an increase like labor pains, a woman in labor. The birth pains come with greater frequency and greater intensity. So the more frequent those birth pains slash prophecies come, the more intense those birth pains slash prophecies are, the closer it is to when I come for you. That's what that prophecy points to. Number three, a worldwide cry for peace and security. I've been following this particular prophecy in 1 Thessalonians 5.3 since the 80s. Peace and security, in that order. Because you're not going to have national security, homeland security, until you first have peace. Peace and security. Now, some of your translations render it peace and safety. It's the Greek word asphalia, which can be translated safety, security, or even stability. So we'll say of a region, there's instability when there's a war. No, not instability, stability, security, safety, peace and security. And this prophecy is so powerful in how it points to Jesus Christ and the soon rapture of the church of Jesus Christ is because he says, very detailed, that while they're saying those two words, peace and security, sudden destruction will come upon them like a woman in labor. There's your labor pains again, and they will not escape. Now stay with me. This is why this, I'm spending more time on this one. I said I wouldn't do that. Just let me have it though. Interesting, sudden destruction comes down on them, but we are not them, we are we. And we who are still alive and remain are going to be caught up when sudden destruction goes down. Never mind. Number four. Did you make that connection? Is this happening? Are they saying peace and security? You can hardly read an article on a worldwide level dealing geopolitically about anything, anywhere, at any time, that doesn't have those two exact words that they are saying. Well, that one gives me chicken skin. Number four. An intoxicating obsession with dividing Jerusalem into two. We know it as the two-state solution. Hitler's final solution repackaged. Why do I say that? Because for Islam, there's no such thing as peace with Israel. In fact, according to the Hadith, peace with Israel means the destruction of Israel They don't want peace with Israel. They don't want to live side by side in peace and security, group hug with Israel. No. Muhammad and Saladin after him would make peace with their enemy and then destroy them. By the way, that's Daniel 8 too, which we could talk about in number 5. You can include it with Daniel 9, 27. But it's the enforcing, I'll use the word enforcing, this is the 
another one of those places in the Old Testament where the Hebrew word is the same as my native tongue of Arabic. It's the word ikhbir. You get to spit on everybody, free baptisms today in the front row. But it, it carries with it the idea of enforcing, strengthening, making stronger, something confirming something that's already there. In other words, it's already on the table. We just got to execute it. We've got to enforce it. We have to make it ikbir. It's this enforcing of a seven-year peace agreement with many. And here again is where the destruction comes. That's what Daniel 8 says. I want to say it's verses 44 and 45 that very interesting, depending on your translation, with his policy of peace, can I say foreign policy of peace? He will destroy many. Through peace he will destroy many. Peace and security, then sudden destruction. Daniel 9.27, talk about detailed prophecy. In the midst of the seven-year tribulation, the Antichrist is going to commit the abomination that causes desolation, and the Jews are going to flee for the last three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation, at the midpoint of the seven-year tribulation, and they're going to flee to what many believe to be Petra in modern-day Jordan, where God will protect Israel for the last three and a half years of the seven-year tribulation, because that's the purpose of the tribulation, is for the salvation of the Jewish nation. And they're going to come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ at the midpoint, when they realize that this Messiah is not their true Messiah, because our true Messiah would never commit an abomination in the temple of God, setting Himself up as God, and declaring that He is worshipped as God. Number six, for those of you who still watch news, I don't, and haven't for almost two years now, by the way. And by the way, I sleep a lot better. And it's not just my BiPAP machine. Again, don't talk to my doctor, but it's, it's not just that. It's amazing. Been almost two years. I have noticed, I mean, you probably haven't noticed, I'm calmer. <laughs> at home, that's at home. Because I don't have any, any TVs to scream at anymore. So I just scream at my family. But for those of you who still watch the news, this is all over, isn't it? I've even, as far as social media, we have a team that does our social media. I'm very careful about the news feed that I, you know, scroll down the dopamines going, yeah, 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 you know, scroll, scroll, scroll. Unprecedented increase. I mean, I'm hearing from some of the visitors that come from the mainland, which, by the way, if you're visiting with us today, we're just thrilled you're here. I always like to take a, an opportunity after the service to meet you and talk with you and hear from you. And I'm told by you that the cities, you can't even go through them anymore. Major cities in the United States of America, because of the lawlessness and the wickedness, what you're met with are shuttered businesses. The police don't even want to go there. I mean, it's just unthinkable. And we have prophecies about that, this increase, this unprecedented increase of evil, wickedness, and lawlessness. Number seven, perilous times, the likes of which the world has never before seen. This is Paul writing to Timothy. Second Timothy 3, we've gone through this extensively, done a deep dive on this when we did our verse-by-verse -verse study through First and Second Timothy. But this is where 
Paul, by the Holy Spirit, lists 19 characteristics of the last days that will point to the soon coming of Jesus Christ. He says, perilous times will come. And then he goes to, on to expound on what those perilous times, signs of the times will look like. And if you go through that list, it's chilling. Now some of those words, granted, are not in our vocabulary today, because as you know, our vocabulary has disintegrated and deteriorated. I mean, you know, you just about can't use certain words anymore. Even in well-versed people, you know, they, they don't, you know, treacherous. Treacherous. Is that a movie? Is that a, that, is that a new movie that came out? Oh no, it's a video game. Treacherous. No, look, look it up, what that means. That's just one of 19. Brutal, violent, disobedient to parents, rebellious, defiant. I mean, it's a, it's a chilling list, and everything on that list is a description of and a sign that points us to the soon return of Jesus Christ and the rapture of the church. And by the way, the perilous times of today are the likes of which we've never seen before, nor will we ever see again. Because you have to understand, and I know this is deeply profound, but the last days are the last days. I'll try that again. That's the last. There's nothing that comes after that, because that's the last. The last days. you got all these days. You're getting to the last of days. The last days. Is there anything? No, because I was the last. I will never do that again. I will never try that again. Number eight, (laughs) the mocking of Bible prophecy. How about this one? That's a prophecy. The mocking of Bible prophecy. The mocking and the ridiculing, the scoffing of the pre-tribulation rapture and subsequent second coming. We just did our verse-by-verse study through First and Second Peter. Second Peter 3, right out of the chute. <laughs> you guys, I mean this is a loose paraphrase, you have to understand that in the last days people are going to mock and ridicule and laugh at you. You're going to be the laughing stock of the town. <laughs> Where's this promise of His coming. Everybody thought, my dad's 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 great-grandfather's great-great-great-great-grandfather's dog thought it was going to be his lifetime. And yet, where is he? And they're going to mock you, and scoff at you, and ridicule you, and belittle you. And the closer we get, the worse it gets. I've never seen it like this. I've been studying Bible prophecy for well nigh 40 years. I've been walking with Jesus for over 40 years, and I've been teaching Bible prophecy for over 30 years. I've never seen it like it is right now. And social media does not help. Ah, yeah, I went there. I might as well. I mean, I already opened up this can. I'll just say it. And again, I say this in love and from my heart, and the Lord knows my heart, be very, very, very careful with social media. What do you post on social media? Are you getting into an argument with with somebody on social media? You're never going to argue anybody into the kingdom. You might win the argument, but you're going to lose the opportunity. You know, I was just talking to Pastor Mac about this in my own life. 
got to be careful. I don't want to divulge too much because I'm the pastor. I'm very godly and humble and righteous. And so, but I just still know that, you know, like Paul said, there, what dwells in me that is in my flesh, it's dormant, but man, it's, it's still there. There dwelleth no good thing. It rears its ugly head. And what I'm talking about is the fight in me. Oh, there's still a fight in there. And that, and God has to fight the fight that is in me. Because it can come out. Because let's be honest with ourselves. Who among us doesn't like a good fight? I mean, we pay money to watch a fight. I mean, we want, we're doing this. And then here we are arguing with people. Like that's going to, like have you ever, and I'm asking this sincerely. I mean, I already know the answer to it. I guess it's rhetorical in a sense. But have you ever been like, I mean, in a heated argument with somebody, you know, in Jesus' name, you know, and have you ever had them stop and go, wow, you're right. What must I do to get saved? Have you ever had that? I didn't think so. I, ha- I haven't. In fact, it's been pretty much the opposite. They see me coming, they go the other way. Number nine is where I want to spend the remainder of our time on. And it's the forming, for lack of a better word, of a one world religion, one world government, and one world economy. And they're all found in Revelation chapter 13, starting with the one world religion, Revelation 13.4. So they worshipped the dragon who gave authority to the beast, and they worshipped the beast, saying, who is like the beast? Who is able to make war with him? That's a one world religion where they worship. One world government, verse 7, Revelation 13. It was granted to him to make war with the saints. Now this, I'm not going to get into it. This is not the church or the bride. These are those who come to Jesus Christ in the tribulation. They're affectionately referred to as tribulation saints. And to overcome them, and I want you to listen very carefully, and authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation every nation on earth, every tribe, every tongue, every country, one world economy. This is one of those places in God's Word where you've heard, read the prophecy so many times, you kind of, it loses its punch. So what I want to do is, if you'll indulge me, I want to read verses 15 through 18. There's a reason why. You'll see why in a moment. But this is the prophecy of the one world economy that points us to Jesus, who is coming to take us out of this world before the tribulation, when this is fulfilled. Let's start in verse 15. He was given power, hang on to that word, to give breath to the image, hang on to that word, of the first beast, so that it could speak and cause all who refused to worship the image to be killed. He also forced everyone, small and great, rich and poor, free and slave, to receive a mark on his right hand or on his forehead, so that no one could buy or sell unless he had the mark, 
which is the name of the beast, or the number of his name. This calls for wisdom, verse 18. If anyone has insight, let him calculate the number of the beast, for it is a man's number. His number is 666. Okay. What if I told you that every one of these prophetic signs and the many others with them are to a prophecy. That's not hyperbole, literally, to a prophecy. Not only what's coming, but in some way already here today and in play. Question. If what I said is true, and it absolutely without question is true, they are all in play today. Question, wouldn't it stand to reason that Jesus could rapture His church today? Okay, pastor, you're doing it again. You know, when you do that thing you do, <laughs> what do you do? Well, you're just so sure. How can you be so sure? You're so dogmatic. I have a PhD in dogmatic when it comes to the pre-tribulation rapture, I'll have you know. Well, how can you be so sure that, that it's already in play today, this one world prophecy? Answer, the one world sign is already here. Just look at today's airplanes. I received an email with photos of all the airlines from all over the world that now already say one world. Now this came as quite a surprise to me because I have not been on an airplane in four years, since 2019, of my own volition by the way. And I actually have no desire to. It's like God took away the desire to. That's why I'm not going to Nepal with you guys. That's my story and I'm sticking with it. <laughs> Pray for them, man. That, you guys are in the air for two days, right? It takes two days air travel to get there with all the stops, right? Wow, man, I'm just going to pray for you. I just want to cry for you right now. But have you seen the airplanes lately? I've got some pictures for you. These are one world airlines. America, Germany, Sri Lanka, Finland, Australia, Malaysia, the Middle East. Add to this Japan, Britain, Qatar, Hungary, Spain, Brazil, and China, both not pictured. And lastly, Russia, just to mention a few. They have taken their airplanes, their fleet of airplanes, and they have removed their logos and their names, and they now also, if you guys, when you, I hope they don't, Says, if, you, if you get on a plane that says one world, we'll really pray for you. Okay. They've taken it off and they've, what have they replaced it with? One world. Wow. All nations, just a matter of time, in the world will follow the one world and it's happening right now in real time and at breakneck speed. We're so glad you joined us for this prophecy update on In Spirit and Truth. Do the things you hear about on this program cause you to feel unsettled? 
Perhaps there are too many things coming into play that make you stop and wonder if you're truly living in the end times. If that's the case, we hope that through these updates, you are reminded of God's faithfulness through His Word and that His promises will be fulfilled. This can be a benefit to you. Being around other believers can give you support regarding these things that are happening around you. If you're in the area and haven't found a church home yet, we invite you to come visit us and get to know the heart behind this ministry. You can join us for a time of worship at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe on Sundays at 8.30 or 10.45 a.m. and Thursdays at 7 p.m. for Bible study with Pastor J.D. If you'd like more information on joining us or for additional resources, go to jdfarag.org and scroll to the bottom of the page. That's J-D-F-A-R-A-G dot O-R-G. There, you'll find a Calvary link that will take you to the church's website. While you're at our website, be sure to check out additional teachings from Pastor J.D. Another interesting point of reference is a tab that says ABCs. This is useful for anyone seeking and wanting to find out more about Jesus and His love for you as an individual. That's all available at our website. Again, that's jdfarag.org. Our time with you is up for today, but thanks for tuning in to spend this time with us. Join Pastor JD for another edition of In Spirit and Truth.